Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. Another little bit of a fall day here. It's 69 degrees right now at noon. So that's that's something said for Mobile. We'd like to give a quick shout out to Picayune, Mississippi. You're the largest city in Pearl River County. All right. Thanks for living. Listen. Thanks for I'm glad they're alive. <laughs> Thanks for listening and sharing. We appreciate it. I can't talk, but that's okay. You can reach out to us at 251-244-4645. You can text or call. You can also email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org and check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. And I have fixed our Etsy store lots. of We've got keychains and hats and water bottles and all kind of other things but those things have in coffee cups those things actually have our logo on them so bringing a lot to tanzania yeah yes you are so shadowsofgrace.etsy.com check it out please and i decided today to let you just tell your jokes Instead of finding some some facts, because I, no, really? I kind of felt like I thought you were feeling neglected. Really? Yeah. That is so. very kind. You do a good I job with the animals, too. though. Well, well, thank you. But you know, I thought I'd you know throw you a little bone and and let you do okay. your jokes today. Okay. Hopefully, you'll come up with some good ones that aren't horrible. Okay. <laughs> I can't guarantee that. <laughs> All right, go for it. What do you call a bee that can't make up its mind? I don't know. A uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. All right. All right. I've got a better one. How can okay. you tell it's a dogwood tree? I don't know. By the bark. <laughs> now, that one was funny. <laughs> I like that one. I ought to just yeah. quit while I'm ahead. Yeah. One more. One more. One more. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't sharks eat clowns? Oh, no, I don't know why. Because they taste funny. Uh, do you remember Mary? Our daughter was terrified of clowns, terrified of clowns. And there was a clown ministry at church and they would come and do their little thing. And she was terrified. And we hopped in the car after church. Do you remember what you did to that poor child? Do you remember what I, you did? What did I do? You told her there were a bunch of clowns in a car following us. Yeah, well, it's there was. Yeah, there were not. You were just being me. No, there really was. You still don't believe me about that. There really was. They turned the other street, and there was a bunch of clowns in the car. Yeah, they were scaring me. <laughs> All right. So, what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, Samuel's looking for a king. Israel wants a king. And so we're talking about King Saul. Uh, God says, here you go. Here's your king. So 1 Samuel chapter 9, 1 through 2, if you read that. Okay. 1 Samuel 9, 1 through 2. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherah, the son of Aph. Apia of Benjamin. You never warned me about these things. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Okay. Uh, So, and he was handsome too. He was a handsome guy. This guy. A mighty man of power. Tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah. Kish, the father of Saul, 
He, what, what kind of man was he? He was wealthy. He was affluent. He was influential, was prestigious, born from the best family. Yeah. Handsome, yeah. tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, you know, people came up to his shoulders. He was the tallest. You know what Saul's name means? I don't. What does it mean? Asked of God. Oh, okay. Okay. So Israel asked for a king, and Saul was indeed that one, and asked of God. So this guy was a pretty happening person. Yes. He would have been the one that the world would love. Mm-hmm. You're right. You don't see some things here, though, right? Okay. Right. And I think this tells us the state of Israel at this time. You don't see any love for God out of either Kish or Saul. There's no, no mention that he was a man loved by God or a man that loved God, a man of God. You don't see any of that. He was the tribe of Benjamin, but mm-hmm. there's nothing about God in these two sentences. The narcissist would love this True. because this is the superficial things that uh, the world, the unregenerate are looking for in a, in a person. You know, and probably the Antichrist, the world will follow a man like Saul. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's going to be tall, dark and handsome. I mean, absolutely. And the world's going to go, oh, let's follow him. Just like they did Saul. Yep. Yeah. Um, Of course, in David, later on, David is on the scene. And as a kid, God, it's over and over again. He's a man after God's own heart. I mean, that was the emphasis. He was good looking and he was strong. Right. But yeah. it was emphasized his love for God. Yeah, important, very important. Go ahead and read. This one's a little long, uh, 3 through 14. Okay. Now the donkeys belonged to Saul's father. Kish were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of our servants with you. Go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim, through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on to the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. Then they passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they reached the district of Zuf, Paul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what to take. Uh, oh, I wonder who that is. Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered him again. Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go to the seer, because a prophet of today used to be called a seer. Good, Saul said to his servant, come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. And they asked them, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now. He's just come to town, our town today, for the people have a sacrifice at the high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited will eat. Go up now. You shall find him about this time. So the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. Now that seems kind of crazy. I mean, you have a couple jackasses. Oh, (laughs) you did not. (laughs) Well, well, that's what they're called, King James. Uh, Okay. Okay. King James. Actually, I was polite. I added Jack on it. 
okay. Yeah. okay. But a couple of donkeys were lost. So Israel's first king will be led to the throne by three lost donkeys. Let that sink in. Is that symbolic, you think? think so i think so yeah yeah i think what we're seeing here is that god is use is working in all circumstances yes some circumstance all circumstances are working for his purpose some circumstances are working for a great purpose some not for a great purpose some things just happen because they're happen and this, we don't we read too much into it some things are happening because there's a greater purpose that God's pointing us to for his glory. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things are working together for good to those who love God called according to his purpose. And the key word there, for those that love God, all mm-hmm. things are working together. To those that don't, it's not. Right. Yeah. So they did not find these donkeys. It said that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Those donkeys could have gone anywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure God led these donkeys just like he did the oxen when they were taking the um, Ark of God. So I'm sure God sent them on their way. And now these donkeys, it says, look and find a man of God. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was accident that they ran into a man of God? No, absolutely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, and so he gave him guidance. Mm-hmm. And he, he even gave them a present. So so Saul, you know, understandably with culture, did not want to just be empty-handed. We want to give gifts and what have you mm-hmm. uh, to yes. our to, to those that deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and read 15 to 17. All right. Now, the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, About this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. Then Samuel caught sight of Saul. The Lord said to him, This is a man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. You said they're 18? Mm-hmm. 17. Saul, yeah. 17. Okay, that's it. So the Lord told Samuel in his ear, he didn't talk through Saul. Why do you think he didn't talk through Saul? Because Saul was not a man of God. Yes, you're right. But Samuel loved the Lord. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in your English Bible, it will have capitals, L-O-R-D, Lord, mm-hmm. Yahweh. Yes. That God spoke in his ear. When you have God, you, you're not alone. God speaks to you through his word. He speaks to you through others. He speaks to you in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not alone. Right. Tomorrow about this time. So, so Samuel was prophesying to him. He was predicting things. Mm-hmm. And he gave him, God gave the prophet Samuel specific guidance regarding future events so that Saul would know what? That, that he was a man of God and that he is who he said he was. Yep. Yep. I will send you. I will send you what? Even though God, even though Israel rejected the Lord as their king, God was still in control and he didn't step off his throne for even one minute, one second. Right. Right. He sent the flawed king to flawed Israel to. Well, as a form of judgment. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
Go ahead and read 18 through 21. All right. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? <laughs> I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me, and in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Saul answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel, and is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? Mm-hmm. You shall eat with me. So basically, this was a great honor in that oh, yeah. culture at that time. Yeah. And he would sit next to Samuel, the, 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 the guest that invited him. Mm-hmm. And so this was telling the people who this, who this guy was, that he's going to be king. Yeah. They would give him, often give him a special treat, a special food that others didn't get. And he would be honored by the people. And then he he tells them, you know, uh, that he's going to be the one that Israel wanted. And all Israel desired. Yes. What's Saul's statement there? He says, and my family's the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? First Samuel 9, 1. What do you think's wrong with that statement? Uh, he's not claiming to be a follower of God. He's well, he's not, about, yeah. he's not a follower of God, right? but he's also someone who does not have any confidence in himself or anything. That is true. And we'll, are we going to see that today? I don't think so. Yeah. We'll see that later because it's, it will see many times how he didn't have confidence, which is crazy because he was going to be called king. Yeah. And he appeared to be confident, but he wasn't confident. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was not. Nope. Go ahead and 25 to 27. Read that. After they came down from the high place to town, Samuel caught, talked with Saul on the roof of his house. They rose about daybreak and Samuel called to Saul on the roof. Get ready and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. As they were going down to the edge of town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And the servant did so. But you stay here for a while so that I may give you a message from God. Yeah. So I think Samuel told him that, you know, everything he was going to be doing. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to see when King Saul we're going to see a man with the appearances of a great leader from the world's perspective. But in reality, he was self-righteous. Um, in reality, he lacked confidence in God or anything, including himself. And he, and, and he really, really was for his self-glorification yes. instead of God's glory. Right. So this is kind of the introduction to the first king of Israel. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you'd like to, to add? Uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, how he was insecure and things like that. And so many times we, even as Christians, will look on somebody's appearance and just in a snap judgment, decide something about them. Oh, he's tall, dark and handsome. So he must be amazing. He must be confident. He must be this. He must be that. And, you know, the Bible says, don't don't look on the outward appearance, look on the heart. And we need to remember that because we see this man, this first person who's going to be king ever to Israel, 
looked great on the outside, mm-hmm. but on the inside, he was dirty and broken and insecure. And so we have to be very careful to, to pray and ask God to help us to see people's heart. I think, you know, we, we look at people and sometimes the loudest people we make, you know, this person's talking a lot, so they must be good, a leader. Right, right. No, I don't think so. A lot of times they're not. No. no. So or this person's handsome. To... He must right, be a good leader. Right. Or this yeah. person's strong. And, you know, Paul, his church history tradition says that Paul was not this handsome guy. And he, no. he really wasn't an eloquent speaker. No. And uh, yet he wrote two thirds of the New Testament and God used him to change the world. Well, even Jesus, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. people, I mean, he was not the most handsome person in the world either. Um, and people, I don't think people really realize that. So, yeah, you can't you have to pray and ask God to let you see their heart. It's important. I think that's good. That's good wisdom. Yeah. Yep. Kind of a shorter lesson. But a yeah, good one. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. it's applicable. Don't look on the outward appearance, people. That's Do right. not look at what you see. Look at the heart. That's what God yeah. does. And, and God can absolutely positively take your mess, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome day. Goodbye.